Hello, this is Pamela. Welcome to my podcast. It's nighttime. My daughter's finally asleep. My husband's just relaxing, watching a movie so I can record. I'm excited because I have promised um, how my story, it all began with life with multiple sclerosis. So before... Um, this podcast for this episode, um, I wanted to tell you guys about something that just happened yesterday, and it was really significant. It kind of got me thinking about a lot of stuff, um, how I got lost in my world and how I'm finding myself again. I was playing with my daughter yesterday in her room, and... She told me, Mommy, close your eyes and make a wish. And I guess she had found a wishing lash on my face. And I made a wish. And um, it was kind of emotional because what I had wished for was for her and I to be together for a long time and for me to be part of her life for a long time. And it was kind of sad, which is something that I've been feeling lately. Like, why am I feeling sad? I feel like I'm running out of time. But it kind of got me thinking and reminded me of a moment I had with my mom when I was in my early 20s, perhaps maybe when I was in college. I remember one day my mom and I were taking a walk together and she had asked me that what was my plans for my future or where did I see myself in the future? And I don't know if I answered her what I answered her because... That's what I thought she wanted to hear, or that was truly my plan at the moment. But I had a perfect plan. It was going to be, I was going to finish college, and I even had it timed. What, like, um, by this age, when I was 22 or 3, I was going to find the right job in the industry that I studied as a fashion designer. And then I was going to meet the perfect person by that time. And then I was going to marry and start a life. Um, Then I was going to have children by like 24, 25. um, Make good money by 26. And travel the world with my husband and my family. And it was just so perfect. I think at some point in our life, hopefully we all have a perfect plan And a big dream like that. And um, then I came to learn that most of us, if we're fortunate, we have plans. And we have dreams. And um, we go through different waves in life where we do achieve those dreams and plans. But sometimes things come to a stop. Things change. It steers us towards a different direction. And, um, and then again, things change. Um, I'm at this point in my life where things have changed. Things didn't go according to my plans. And, um, in so many ways, I don't know what I would have been or where I would have been or what I've been doing if my plans had stuck to what it had. Um, if I would have been happier, but in so many other ways, my life actually took better meaning 
it changed in better ways that I had not even event imagined. So it all began, um, I believe it was 1999. It was June. I had just um, a year prior to that had finished college. Uh, or at least a year or two prior to that, I finished college, and um, I was working in the fashion industry. I had already had had like one stressful job, um, working six days a week, twelve hour days. Um, this was probably my second one, second crazy stressful job that I had. Um, but I didn't care. I was um, super duper young, um, probably 22, um, and I was just going on a fast-paced lane, you know, not not thinking anything could be wrong. But um, yeah, I just come back from a vacation with a girlfriend from Cancun. We'd spent like a week being in the sun, super heat, partying. Um, and prior to that, I've always been an athlete. So um, I've always been hitting the gym, doing cycling classes, um, sleepless nights for work, um, stressful. Now, a year before that, the time that I'm describing, um, I had some symptoms. Um just woke up one week. I had numbness in my tingling in my legs and feet. And I didn't think anything of it. I went to a spine doctor and after a CT scan, they said I had a small disc in my lumbar and maybe could have been caused by an, a sport injury, but nothing to worry about. In fact, my doctor said I'm too young to even consider to have MS so I didn't even know what MS was I mean I do remember watching Entertainment Tonight watching um, a celebrity that had just been diagnosed with an MS and I was, remember I was laying on my bed thinking I wonder how it feels to be to have MS um, like would I not be able to move my legs and I pretended like they were like numb so I just like laid there and I didn't move my legs for a second or two. And then I was like, that's weird. But it, it wasn't going to be me. So anyways, my doctor had said that can't be MS. That was like a split second of a conversation. So it was nothing even to be considered. But that the disc that I had was causing this numbness or whatever. And I remember... He gave me this back brace to wear in a scorching heat. So I wore that as I had started my new job. And I went on this crazy vacation. I remember chasing um, this lady at work that was teaching me, um, training me. And I remember like thinking, oh, slow down, dude. My leg is kind of like funky, but I didn't think of it, anything of it. It would, it would, it would be like when you sit down and your legs fall asleep and then you get up and there's like this needles and, you know, um, numbness, like rush of blood going up and down. But, um, you know, it would come and go. 
So yeah, I came back from the vacation and we had a great time, lots of tequila shots. And um, I remember one morning, probably like a week or two after I had come back from vacation, um, I went to work and um, I felt like my right eye, my contacts were really dirty. Um, So I proceeded to work. It was a stressful day, a lot of deadlines, my boss running around the office asking me, Pamela, did you do this? Did you do that? Did you, did you follow up on this? Did you call so-and-so? And I was like, ah, like a chicken without a head. Um, I was working. I, didn't, I was working. I didn't care about my eyes. And I was like, oh, these contact lenses, I must have not cleaned them well from my vacation. And uh, why is this happening? So my eye was like blurry. felt like... My contacts were dirty and this like weird eye was coming in and things were getting double in and out. And um, and I kind of ignored it most of the day. So I just worked. But then as the day went by, it got worse and worse. And then I would complain about it and then I would work again and then I complain about it. And then it just got really irritating. So I remember my friend, who was my boss... I was like, well, you should go to the doctor. You should go. And then I I thought, well, let me just finish this one more project and I will go. Finally, like midday, I decided to drive myself about 15 miles across the city into ER um, near my home just to get this dirty contact um, checked out. Maybe a pink eye. I don't know. I've never even had a pink eye. So I went to ER and um, yeah, it was simple. They asked me a bunch of questions and I described them in my eye, what was happening. And um, I don't remember what else they had asked, had asked me, but you know, they just said, we just need to verify something. So we're going to have a, a neurologist come check you out. So a neurologist came and... Um, asked me a bunch of questions, and then they were like, well, we're going to check you into the hospital to do some tests. And I thought, well, I should call my parents. So I did. I called my parents, and I was like, guess what? I'm in ER, and um, they're going to keep me here to run some tests and something about some something. So they were like, what? You went to ER? You didn't tell us? And, um, yeah, that was it. They admitted me to the hospital immediately that in the next day, I think they did an MRI and then, um, the doctor who was such a cool gentleman said, we need to do a spinal tap because we think it might be some, you know, multiple sclerosis. And I thought, okay, whatever. They did that within like two days. It was like, boom, bam, boom, done. Um, and I was so strong. I remember I was so strong because I was young and I was like, whatever, deal with it. And, um, I wasn't even afraid for a minute, but what happened was during those, I don't know, three or four days at the hospital, um, things just started just coming out. Like I remember my hand got numb and my right hand, because I couldn't write, but I remember I was like, I'm going to write to write, I'm going to write a note to myself, what's happening and describing what's happening in my body. And I remember, um, um, 
so my right arm was numb, my fingers, and um, my right eye was completely blurry at that point. Um, and then within like two or three days, my doctor gave me the good news. You have multiple sclerosis. <laughs> what? Um, I was shocked. So like I called all my friends and told everybody. They all came to visit me at the hospital and I put on a nice happy smiley face and I pretended like this was nothing. Um, I never for a minute felt sorry for myself. I was, I don't even think I cried. I was just like, we could do this. We could do this. And I told my friend, I asked a friend of mine, go to the library, give me some books on a multiple sclerosis. So she brought me a book or two and I started reading something. It was just so fast and so much was happening. So they had immediately at the hospital, they put me on steroids, which is called solumedrol, probably like a three day course or five days. I don't remember because I remember I was at the hospital at least three days. So it must have been a three-day course. And um, yeah, so they put me in solimedrol. And what steroids does to you, if you have no symptoms, it'll give you symptoms. For those who have been on steroids will know what I'm talking about. But what it does, it your body, at least for me, it felt like a truck drove over me. Um but, um, and then it does something to your stomach lining. But I was just like, let's bring it on. Do whatever it takes. Um, even when they were giving me a spinal tap, which is, you know, to further test to see if I had multiple sclerosis or not. I was totally strong. I didn't freak out. Um, I was a brave girl. And, um... So yeah, immediately after the steroids, I, I started feeling a lot of symptoms, you know, like my body was a little numb at parts, at places, and um, it was like I was wiped out. But I was it was okay because I had lots of friends who came to visit me and just kind of give me strength. And I was in a, like an area where I didn't know where I was, so I stayed very positive and tried to be optimistic um, and be strong. I remember telling myself that I was going to be strong because I guess because of my personality, I not that I'm always a people pleaser, but I do like to take care of my surroundings. And most importantly were my parents. I know how devastated they were, how crushed they were and I never ever wanted to see them like in pain and I thought that if I didn't look like I was in pain that it would I would make it easier for them so I just decided then and there that I was not going to you know show them my weakness or or lose it and so that was the story. And I, I was actually kind of excited because I was like, I have a story now. Like um, like I mentioned in my opening um, cast um, podcast that I was going to like make something out of this. I was going to like be on opera and I was going to write a book and I was going to just tell my story. So I was like really motivated. And um, then... 
after I was uh, dis- dis- dismissed from the hospital, I remember I came home and uh, my family just was like super, super supportive. I lived at home at the time with my parents and my brother. So um, I had gone on disability and um, I told my I told myself that I would just take some time off from work. So imagine, I, I was going to take time off from work, and this is something I'd been wanting to do for so long, which is to be a designer, and it was my dream um, career, but and I just started it, but I was going to take time off and stay home and reco- recover. So I don't know what happened to me, though I was strong and... Um, ambitious pre-multiple sclerosis curse, uh, I must have let all that ambition go at hello with multiple sclerosis because I came home, not that I was depressed or undetermined, but I was just like on pause mode. I wasn't going to go back to work because physically I couldn't for a while, but I just was going to heal and then figure out what I wanted. But it's like something broke or shattered in my heart because I didn't care anymore about anything. So I did that. I stayed home and and uh, I remember recovering and um, just going through the acceptance of what had just happened to me. I do remember hitting the gym right away and I was going to take care of my body and and stay strong and keep strong. Now, my eyesight, because it had gone blurry the day that I was admitted in the hospital, my doctor, neurologist, had told me that the sight might come back. Um... So after I went home, unfortunately, the side actually got worse. There was a point where I absolutely could not see at all from my right side, um, my right eye. And I was kind of like, my personalities, um, I'm usually pretty, pretty resilient, but I really cope with whatever is happening and I, and I just work with what I have. So I didn't freak out because I thought my sight was going to improve and I dealt with what I had so I I don't remember complaining um, because I had hope but you know one month became two months and then it became three months and then it became six months and it became a year and then it became years that my eyesight never regained its sight on my right eye In fact, what had happened is um, I developed a lazy eye. So this was one of the first emotional, physical things I had to deal with as a multiple sclerosis patient is that not only was I legally blind in one of my eyes, but seldom when I met someone new or talked to someone, I confused the heck out of them because they didn't know if I was looking at them or if I was looking at someone behind them. 
because my eye was lazy. So it was one of the first things that really um, affected my self-esteem, I guess you could say, because, you know, it, I had people tell me, are you talking to me? Um, and or I had people look in a different direction to see what else was going around them because they thought I was looking at something else. So that kind of really took a toll on my um, self-esteem, I guess you could say, because that is what caused me to become a little ditzy. So what I would do is I would look at someone from an angle or if I was talking to them, I would like make sure I was looking around and moving my head that way. My eyes weren't just, you know, locked into one thing because then they would notice that I had a lazy eye. Or if um, if I was taking a picture with someone, I would like turn to the side and move my head sideways. That way they, you know, it looked like a little pose, but that way I was angling my eyes at a certain direction so it would kind of compensate for the laziness. Um, and then at some point I had a little girl one time, I remember telling me, Hey, how did you do that? Or how are you doing that? And I, and I, first time someone had said that, I thought, what? And then I, so that one time that that little girl had said that, I thought, Oh, I have super, super powers, you know, I would just play it off. But really what it was, it's my eyes are lazy. Going back to the beginning again. So um, yeah, so I came home and that was the journey that I began, um, with MS. It almost kind of doesn't give you any time to, to feel, well, I mean, you could, I guess you can feel sorry for yourself. Um, but, um, then I guess you, at some point we have to sit down and think about how do I want to live my life? Do you want to just be depressed which I am assuming some patients who are diagnosed with whatever disease it is, um, first they go through, you know, anger. It's kind of like a bruise when you get um, injured. Um, a bruise goes through different shades, different periods. So it's first it's like your skin is like really red, or, or if it's a cut, it's like open and it's bleeding. Then it goes through, and then it's like red and swollen, and what it's when it's healing, um, and then it dries up and it becomes itchy, and then or it sometimes becomes purple, and then it, um, and then it turns its shade into like a yellow. Um, then slowly it starts. Uh, it's not as inflamed anymore. It's not or is not as swollen anymore it flattens out and then um and it becomes it slowly fades so this is just the same way we all have different stages of our of our acceptance of our disease or whatever changes that we're having in our lives but um I was lucky and I was fortunate and I don't know if it's because of the the support that I had via family and friends um, that I felt like that or just myself, I am like that. Um, but I I felt really strong um, 
and maybe because I had no physical, with the exception of my eyes, I didn't have any major physical um, changes, like my hands and legs were numb, but within months, um, the feeling went away, and um, I was able to regain full 100% of my abilities, with the exception of my eyes, like I said. Um, so I was fine with it. Um, I, you know, I can only imagine if, you know, if I'm diagnosed with MS with, um, not being able to walk or something just as severe, like a major life changing weakening, um, way, like a weakening in my muscles or whichever, then I would have been much more angry or perhaps, or much more devastated. But I think because of my age, I was at such a young age and I was so naive and so like ignorant, I guess you could say, um, I just didn't care. I was totally cool with it. And I remember thinking like, what's the worst thing can happen? I could end up on a wheelchair and that's it. <laughs> I So ignorant of the pain that I would feel um, or different changes or different losses I would go through at that moment, I really didn't care. So, which is a good thing, I guess. I don't know. But anyhow, um, yeah, so that's how my life with multiple sclerosis began. Um, I had conversations with um, different people's um, people, different friends. And one thing I had noticed is that um, I didn't like the feeling that if people were giving me extra attention because I thought they were feeling sorry for me. And um, I come from a community, a culture that is very kind of not so much close-minded, but people are, um, I guess you could say they're close-minded or just they label you and then they feel you become a word of mouth or you become something for them to entertain themselves with. So I remember my mom, she did not accept this um, diagnosis like the way I did, but she had asked me not to share it with many people. And I think at the time, her concern was more for like, so that men in our community don't think you're like damaged and they might not want you. I don't know. But it was definitely something that she had on her that she forced it on me. Like it was a weakness that she had and she instilled it in me. But it wasn't even that. I just really didn't like how from a couple of people... I felt a sense of sorrow and um, I didn't want to be labeled as the poor girl. And so I just had decided from then on um, that I was not going to ever complain about my diagnosis and that I was not going to ever feel sorry for myself because I didn't want anyone to feel sorry for me. And I was going to be... Um, an advocate for myself and if anything for others too in fact my doctor 
told me once that I was a poster child for multiple sclerosis because every time I saw him, I made sure I was so cheery and happy and so on. And um, yeah, that is how it is. So I don't know whoever's listening if um, how you feel if you've been diagnosed and how do you feel? Um, are you angry? Are you relieved? Because you've been probably going through symptoms for a long time and people didn't know what it was. It, you just didn't have an answer for you. Or now finally they do. Um, are you feeling lonely? Are you feeling angry, like I said, or depressed? And these are all emotions that I have felt since 20 years ago, a few times here and there due to the life changes that I've gone through. But um, I would like to talk more on our on my next segment about how this journey continued and perhaps um, talk, talk about the treatments that I started on and, and what did I do to keep my body strong. So thank you so much for listening. And I just want to say that we all have two choices. Um, One is to make the best out of things and to be hopeful and faithful and to look at things from a different perspective, which is um, it's not what I lost, but what I can do with what I have. Or we can just, just let anger and fear um, take over our thoughts and um, decide for us how we're going to lead our life going forward from a diagnosis or from a life-changing experience and um, and let fear really control it and then make it worse because we can't think uh, make things worse. So it takes a lot of strength um, to think like the first scenario that I um, describe, and it's easier said than done, but I think that it just starts from a decision. We need to decide how we want to do it. It's either one way or the other, and um, once we decide, I think things come to us easier and we figure it out or we find solutions, but we just ultimately have to decide. So with that said, I think I'm going to go to sleep now. Thank you again for listening. Take care. Until next time.